the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 280 for October 9th, 2011. Apple announces the iPhone 4S, specs leak out for the next Nexus, and Sprint chooses LTE. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you each week with the help of listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. Well, we start the show today with the sad news you've likely already heard. Founder and former CEO of Apple, Steve Jobs, has passed away. The company made the announcement on Wednesday afternoon, posting a memorial photo of Mr. Jobs on its website with the following message. Apple has lost a visionary and creative genius, and the world has lost an amazing human being. Those of us who have been fortunate enough to know and work with Steve have lost a dear friend and an inspiring mentor. Steve leaves behind a company that only he could have built, and his spirit will forever be the foundation of Apple. Mr. Jobs was 56. Now, Joey, whether you love or hate Apple products, there's no denying the innovation and monumental changes that Jobs brought to the tech industry over the last couple of decades. So, this is really kind of a, a sad thing. It's, it's kind of like the day that, you know, the music stopped playing. Yeah, Steve Jobs, if you didn't really like Apple's corporate policies, you, you really cannot uh, deny the, the, the fact that he did uh, amazing uh, things uh, with products, with technology, with uh, bringing, uh, you know, basically high-end computer stuff to the masses. And it was always his vision to, to be able to get people to use technology as a tool to improve their life and, and improve what they could produce. And, you know, a lot of people these days really do use Macs and use iOS devices for uh, getting work done and, uh, you know, basically using it as part of their life. And, and, you know, many people with iPhones and iPads, for example, are using them almost 24-7. So it's definitely a, a very... Um, you know, unique individual for being a CEO and to, to, to drive it to that, you know, consumer facing level where most, you know, Apple users know who Steve Jobs is, but uh, take any BlackBerry user or even, you know, Google. I mean, how many people actually know the CEOs of those companies? And honestly, the the majority of what you've probably seen and heard on this coverage has been, you know, very much a tribute to him and his life. And, and it's great uh, that, you know, he has had such an impact on so many people and so many facets. I think every major news source had this this topic covered. This was not just a tech story. This was definitely the probably biggest story, not only of the week, but, uh, you know, at least uh, of this part of 2011. Yeah, it was the first time in 30 years that uh, the Time magazine stopped their presses and changed the cover uh, to tribute again. I think it was the seventh time. Um, if, if you are interested in a few of the things, uh, go watch a Stanford uh, commencement speech from 2005 that he, he gave. It's pretty, uh, pretty inspiring. Um, there's also some good interviews with uh, Steve Wozniak, the other co-creator of Apple. Um, and there's just a lot of uh, media out there, and it really is... Um, you know, it is very sad, and he's obviously wasn't active in, um, you know, uh, Apple in the past month or two when he uh, stepped down. But it's, uh, you know, we've got many years still of his influence to look forward to, because I know it was actually a big, big deal at Apple to take his influence and to learn from the way he does business and the way he sees products and the way he sees, uh, you know, the technology in the hands of end users to be really part of the corporate culture there. Well, our hearts go out to his wife, his family, all his friends, and uh, for those 
that uh, we're very close to him. I know this is a very difficult time, and uh, so he'll be he'll be deeply missed. And uh, Apple will certainly never be the same again. Well, moving on, Comscore on Wednesday released its latest U.S. mobile subscriber report, suggesting that Android is continuing its dominance, increasing over five percent to forty three point seven percent of the U.S. smartphone market. Further, the report shows that Apple's iOS continues to hold its own, up less than a point to over 27%. Meanwhile, RIM, Microsoft, and Symbian all fell, with RIM the biggest loser now at 19.7%. Now on the device side, Samsung continues to lead with 25.3%, followed by LG at 21%, Motorola at 14%, and Apple at 9%. RIM sits at 7.1%, and though up 10% is the overall number of smartphone users in the U.S., now at 84.5 million, that's 25% of all citizens in the U.S. with smartphones. So again, still a long way to go before we find ourselves with the majority of users here in the U.S. with smartphones. Qualcomm this week published details about its next generation of processors, the S4 series. The MSM8960 features two cores of integrated support for Category 3 LTE, that's up to 100 megabits per second, Category 24 HSPA+, that's up to 42 megabits per second, EVDO Rev-B, 1X Advanced, TD, SCDMA, and of course the GSM, GPRS, and Edge networks. The chip will make the move from 40, excuse me, 45 nanometers down to 28 nanometers, meaning a smaller size, lower power use, and improved performance. The S4 line will support 3D capture, HD 3D video playback, and augmented reality features. The chips are expected to be available to manufacturers late this year and in smartphones and tablets in early 2012. Well, Sprint on Friday held an analyst conference to discuss the future plans for the carrier's network. Sprint announced that it will be launching an LTE network on its 1900 MHz PCS spectrum, along with help from LightSquared in the 1600 MHz range. The plan has the first markets launching by mid-2012, with an aggressive rollout schedule through next year. The carrier says that 176 million people will be covered by the end of 2012 and 250 million by the end of 2013. Sprint says 15 devices running on LTE will be available, including handsets, tablets, and data cards. Now, the initial handsets will be dual-mode CDMA LTE units that will take advantage of the legacy 3G network already in place. The only multi-mode devices will be those running CDMA, WiMAX, LTE uh, altogether will be mobile hotspots. WiMAX devices will continue to be sold through 2012 when a full switch will happen over to LTE. And as far as the technology integration, Sprint said it will be combining CDMA, IDEN, WiMAX, and LTE onto a single platform using multi-mode 3G and 4G base stations. These stations will support multiple network frequencies, including the 800, 1600, 1900, and 2.6 GHz networks. The valuable 800 MHz spectrum will continue to supplement the 1900 MHz PCS services for voice, and they will also be building a 1X Advanced network for future devices. 1X Advanced allows for a more efficient use of the spectrum and provides enhancements like simultaneous voice and data to compete with UMTS networks. So, Joey, some uh, interesting things here with Sprint and and what they've announced here, but um, I think the biggest thing is that really WiMAX is coming to an end. It, you know, it is. A, I guess it's not surprising because, it, you know, it's always been a strange deal that, that Sprint has worked out with Clearwire. It's, uh, I don't know, it's never felt right. You know, they took the lead of having 4G and really, really squandered it, as we've talked about many times in the past. You know, they haven't launched any new 
um, markets uh, this year. You know, there's been new towers coming up and back, you know, uh, up and down in different areas, but it's just, it, it's not, it's not good. And even cities where it is deployed, like here in the Twin Cities, it's just uh, almost worthless. Uh, you know, there's areas here and there that have it, but it's just not something that you can rely on. Um, it is decently fast, but not uh, not impressive by any stretch of the means. I mean, your quote unquote 3G on AT and T or 4G that you have is is actually pretty much uh, way more impressive. So you know we've got uh, we've got issues with the with the speed, with the rollout, with the network, the frequency, all these things. It's just not a good situation. The only and and the really bad part is consumers that now uh, can take advantage of the 4G will be let down here because the network probably will be shut down at the end of next year. Um, so basically, even me included, I will not uh, have my Nexus S uh, be 4G anymore. It'll be, you know, basically just 3G. So it is kind of disappointing the way they've they've uh, done this, uh, you know, 4G system. But the good thing is they finally got their head on straight and are going to be moving to LTE. So this is not going to be a cheap proposition for them. And uh, in fact, Sprint's president of Network Ops says, you know, we had no control or governance in the decisions that Clearwire made, and we have suffered accordingly. That was, that was a direct quote. So they, they understand that they have not seen the growth. They have not seen what the network has needed in order to make it a viable option for people moving forward for 4G. So it makes a lot of sense that they would want to get away from it. But they are the 54% owner in Clearwire. So they're going to have to, you know, make some decisions there along with clear uh, when they decide what to do with this network. But um, it, it, the focus is going to be LTE moving forward. Uh, we didn't necessarily um, see this as a surprise, but I'm glad they finally came out and said it. Uh, some of the things that they're doing with the supplemental stuff from LightSquared, if that is not a slap in the face to Clearwire, I don't know what else is going with LightSquared and saying, we are going to go with this other company to help roll out and supplement our our build. So um, it, it's going to take them, obviously, about a year before they can get their initial markets online. But once they do, it should be uh, coming pretty quick here. So I think Sprint, you know, in the meantime, has got this, this 4G WiMAX network that they can fall back on for the current devices that they have. But uh, moving forward, just keep this in mind if you're going to be buying new devices that Sprint is getting out of the WiMAX game and they'll be moving directly uh, exclusively to LTE. So if that's what you want and you want to stay with them long term, make sure you're making the appropriate decisions uh, as they were. T-Mobile and Walmart on Monday announced a new prepaid plan available as part of an exclusive partnership between the retailers. $30 a month will give you a no-contract offering with 4G mobile data with throttled speeds above 5 gigs of usage, unlimited text messaging, and 100 minutes of voice calls. The plan will be available starting on October 16th exclusively at more than 2,200 Walmart stores and online. This is a, a great great option for the uh, the general consumer today who is using their devices to text and use data more than anything and you know making the occasional call this would fit perfectly in my life quite honestly and if it weren't a, a t-mobile exclusive if this were something with at&t uh, just because i have devices that can take advantage of the 3g frequencies i would absolutely jump all over this if you're someone who's got decent t-mobile coverage in your area take a look at this one 30 bucks a month for for this plan is uh, pretty impressive it really is. You know, I've just been so happy and thrilled. We've had, uh, you know, smartphones now available on prepaid plans with good, decent, uh, affordable plans now. And it, I just uh, think we've got uh, so much uh, better choice for consumers now. And this just is uh, another one that uh, really makes uh, a lot more sense to a lot more people to get away from the, the postpaid, uh, you know, plans. 
keep in mind that this is not a, a, sh- a one-time offer or you know an exclusive thing that's going to just be with them for a month or something like that. This looks like a rollout of a plan that's expected to be at Walmart stores starting on the 16th and then you know forever forward until they make some changes to it. So if you're thinking about making a change over to T-Mobile or maybe you're on T-Mobile but your contract is up and you know the service is good, seriously, seriously take a look at this. $30 a month, unlimited data. Um, you can only go to 5 gigs at that 4G speed, but you still get data after that. Unlimited text messaging and 100 minutes of voice calls. If you're someone maybe like me who's got another phone or can take advantage of some voice over IP type of applications or other things you just don't need voice for, this is a great way to go. I'm, I'm really uh, pretty impressed with this. I actually out loud said wow when i read this story this week so i'm pretty excited about that one so take uh, take that into consideration again if you're looking to make a change soon if you're looking to support the cell phone junkie you can do so in a number of ways the first of which is by joining us at tcpj unlocked it's our bi-monthly premium podcast five dollars a month twelve dollars a quarter or forty five dollars for the entire year we'll give you in-depth conversations about the latest and cellular issues interviews with industry experts and much more sign up is easy just visit the and click the link for tcpj unlocked a big thank you to everyone that subscribes and this week we talked about ios 5 on the unlock show we dove into and explained what changes have been made and talked about everything that was new and gave you tips and tricks for Apple's newest OS. We're going to talk about this in just a minute here, Joey, but uh, I really enjoyed this one. I've been using iOS 5 here for about two months, and uh, I'm probably the best update that we've seen so far. They brought a lot of great things to the iPhone with this one, and of course, iPads and iPod Touches will be getting it this week as well. Yeah, and I'm excited about the app iPad thing. I'll be able to try that out on the iPad too. Um, I, I know we've got uh, many new features that we talked about here in the show, and it's just something that, uh, you know, to me, it's kind of the level of uh, maybe multitasking and the application support that they originally, what was it, in version 2.0, I believe. So it's, uh, it's quite an update. 200 new features, including, of course, Notification Center, iMessage, Twitter integration, newsstand, reminders, camera, tab browsing, over-the-air updates, iCloud support, and PC-free activation. Uh, it was announced by Apple's Scott Forstall at their event this past Tuesday. Uh, it will be available October 12th for the iPhone 4, iPhone 3GS, iPad, iPad 2, and the iPod Touches in the third and fourth generations. I know this PC-free activation thing here. That's going to be a big deal for, I think, a lot of people. You know, I... You know, somebody I think about, like my mom, for example, she doesn't have a computer. She has no clue what to to do. But getting an iPad for her would make a lot of sense. Oh, but can't use it. No computer. So, uh, you know, this really takes away that restriction. And what what I kind of foresee here is that this is this, you know, lack of restriction for having a PC then opens Apple up to other devices, too. Uh, you know, like, you know, the Apple TV uses iOS now. Now there's going to be maybe more extensions on that. There may be different types of products. But, you know, I just see this, you know, as just kind of being a linchpin and a good foundation for this particular OS. The PC free activation, of course, comes as well with the iCloud support, which uh, is nice because you get this this automatic backup of your device online that happens every day. And um, the iPhone... Um, 4S was announced this week. We'll get into the details about that in a minute. But um, in preparation, I am going to buy one just because I do love the Apple phones. And so in preparation for purchasing it, I sold my iPhone 4 
this week. And in the process of doing so, um, I realized that I'll be able to just, when I get that new phone with the iOS 5 on it, turn it on, type in my iCloud username and password, and everything that came uh, was on my iPhone 4 will be moved over to the 4S. And that's a pretty neat proposition. I don't need to plug it in. I don't need to wait until I get home. I don't need to worry about losing any of the data. It's all right there. So really, really interesting stuff. And we dug into everything that you need to know about iOS 5 on this week's Unlock Show. So make sure that you hop over there and listen to it. Subscribe if you aren't already. A couple other things that came out of the iOS 5 announcement uh, this week. Two new applications. Apple Cards, it's a free app that generates real greeting cards on your device, and then they're mailed out via postal uh, to and give you tracking information as well through the entire process. $3, uh, those will be available starting on October 12th. Uh, when I first heard this, I kind of rolled my eyes and went, yeah, that's really no big deal. But at the same time, uh, I started thinking about it, and Joey, you and I were talking about it. This actually could be kind of a neat little thing, especially with the proliferation of these really good cameras that Apple's putting in their devices. You take a picture, and uh, how great is it to be able to send a picture of, say, you know, your your son or daughter or an activity or something like that to a friend or a family member with a personalized message all from your phone? It's a pretty neat way of of kind of integrating the new tech with the old school feel good things that uh, everybody loves. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, $3. It's not cheap, but again, it's not that expensive considering what a greeting card will cost you at uh, the place like Target. I mean, when you go to the dollar store, or Dollar Tree, whatever, it's uh, much more affordable. But Target, they're, some of those cards are 5 bucks a piece. So uh, having something custom printed and mailed out uh, with a few taps of your fingers is, is uh, not too shabby. Yeah, I, I kind of like that one. I may try that one. Uh, I think it'd be kind of fun to send somebody a card directly from a phone, not have to think about it. And then there was Find My Friends. It will allow you to easily locate your friends and family. There are privacy controls, of course, that tie into this one. But it kind of seems like uh, maybe Google Latitude meets Foursquare meets uh, Facebook friend check-in. I can't remember what the Facebook thing is called, but you know what I mean. It's uh, just another Apple way of uh, finding your friends with iOS devices. Yeah, and I can see how like the the location-based notifications for reminders could probably tie into this as well. So, you know, now the phones can be much more location aware and it's probably going to uh, give, you know, in the future more so, you know, more alerts and and more information based on location. Absolutely. iOS 5 does a lot of stuff with locations. Let's talk though a little bit about the iPhone 4S. Tim Cook stepped up on the stage and uh, announced the hugely anticipated next generation iPhone. It came many months after the usual June announcement and uh, it was a break from tradition but no doubt put the iPhone on top of everybody's list for devices that will be coming out later this year. Along with the announcement, uh, the release of iOS 5 was announced, which we just went through. And uh, we speculated last year uh, about what was going to happen with the next version of the iPhone. And Joey, you were you were a pretty big proponent of the fact that we may not see another iPhone uh, in the summer like we typically had on that same schedule. In fact, at one point you even said maybe even not before the beginning of 2012. Now, they came out with this one. Let, let's talk a little bit about this. It was not the iPhone 5, this, this huge you know, physical departure that so many people had speculated about. Yeah, you know, the iPhone 5 nomenclature that uh, people got hung up on was just, you know, that's arbitrary. This is the iPhone 5 because it's the fifth iPhone. I mean, this isn't rocket science here. You know, whatever they call it is arbitrary, but this is the fifth generation iPhone. Okay, so take that aside. People were 
expecting a 4S and an iPhone 5, which of course doesn't make really much sense to me, but okay, we'll just set that aside. Yeah, we expected a big, uh, you know, physical change, hardware size, you know, thinner, bigger, something like that is what people expected, but uh, I never bought it. I mean, I kind of thought, oh, maybe it'll be possible when we saw some of those case leaks, but I don't know what those were. I think those were some sort of plant, uh, maybe by Apple even, to, to get case makers to leak or to find leaks in their in their uh, security, or or they're just iPod Touch uh, cases is probably actually more appropriate, and somebody just changed the label on them to make them look like iPhone 5 cases. Okay, so, you know, with that aside, you know, we, I, I always thought we were going to see another iPhone 4, you know, where they weren't going to change the exterior. Um, and, and yeah, I had a gut feel that they were going to push out the release. And I, I just, uh, I guess we really did see that because it's been months and months, you know, primarily because of the Verizon iPhone. I mean, they had just released it and then people were saying, well, don't buy it because you're gonna be a new one in two months. And, and that just didn't make sense to me. And, and, and obviously they didn't want to do that. Um, you know, obviously with this new, uh, iPhone, they're taking advantage of the chipset that they had in the Verizon version. So we actually did kind of have a preview about uh, this new one being dual mode but of course the uh you know for me having sprint support now is kind of a it's kind of an interesting deal because it it uh brings the the realm of iphone possibly to uh my world and i kind of like uh you know some of the things that they've done with this and there's been a, a lot of negative about this and and honestly i didn't even really think much about it when this one came out there were a couple of big things with it that absolutely made me say yep i am going to buy this one this is something i must have so um i think we'll get to the specs here in just a minute one other thing though going back to speculation things that we've talked about lte there was no way LTE was coming to this one. We have talked about it and talked about it and talked about it since um, since the the chipsets have have come out. Um, we talked about it back in April where we we heard Tim Cook say, or I can't remember who it was, someone at Apple said, you know, we are not ready for LTE right now. We saw the chipsets that they were going to be using with what they had put into the uh, the Verizon version of the iPhone, and we said that does not support LTE. We've heard from Qualcomm and the releases uh, of that they have. They're, they're kind of the roadmap, so to speak. And this 9615 LTE chipset won't be ready until next year. So lots of things pointed to no LTE. And guess what? We didn't get LTE. And people were surprised by that. But it, you just get caught up in what's called, you know, this reality distortion field of maybe Apple's going to pull some magic out of their hat because they always come out with such cool things. And it's like, no, look at the facts. This is not going to happen. Yeah. You know, short of the retina display in the iPhone 4, uh, we really hardly see uh really different technology in in apple products usually they're behind by two years Uh, you know we've got the first iphone didn't have 3g which most people thought uh nobody would nobody would buy one because at that time 3g was pretty prevalent for uh at&t phones and it was just an edge only device uh you know right now the 14.4 hsdpa that the the new iphone 4s supports that's way behind the times because we've got 42 megabit support uh, on some phones out there. We've they, they always stay behind the, the 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 curve because then the technology is usually stable. It's cheaper. It's you know the bugs are worked out, and this is typical Apple. They 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 don't you know feature spec race the other competitors uh, so much. They want a different experience, and and you know staying ahead of the curve doesn't you know or staying right with it isn't always the best strategy and you know we see that time and time and time again from apple and in all the speculation of all these you know super high-end specs just is not apple it just never it almost never is 
Let's run through those real quick. Those specs include an A5 processor, the same processor that you find in the iPad 2. It's dual core. It provides up to seven times faster graphics, eight hours of 3G talk time, six hours of 3G browsing, nine hours of Wi-Fi browsing, and 10 hours of video, and improved antenna design, which we'll get to in just a second. That 14.4 megabit per second HSDPA down. It also has a like 5.76 megabit per second HSUPA up. It is a world phone, meaning dual mode, CDMA, and GSM. So if you choose to pick it up on Verizon or Sprint, you will get to use it internationally for roaming. Also an 8 megapixel camera. The feature I am most excited about, 3264 by 2448 uh, pixel resolution uh, with a backside illumination, hybrid IR filter, 1.1 seconds to take your first photo, and only half a second thereafter. It's a great upgrade to the camera. I think they, um, th- this alone for me, again, is probably the killer feature. Um, I've been just waiting and waiting for a camera that I can carry with me that is, uh, you know, so much better than anything. Um, I mean, outside of a DSLR, I don't want to be able to tell the difference between a point and shoot and my camera phone. I think this is going to be it. They posted a number of pictures on their website. Those sample pictures just look fantastic. I'm excited about that. Also, 1080p HD video with real-time video stabilization and real-time temporal noise reduction. That's kind of an interesting and exciting thing if you're a video person. AirPlay mirroring. Now, this actually forced me to make another purchase this week, and that was of an Apple TV, the second generation. I have been interested in uh, you know being able to take and stream stuff directly from my network uh, through one of my devices to my big screen TV. Um, I've done some hacks on the current Apple TVs to make it work, but it's kind of janky, and I, I really wanted to have a better way to do it. And I think the AirPlay mirroring is going to be the way to do that, whether it's an application that I'm streaming something, uh, some video content or something from one of the, uh, you know, the, the apps that I have, like NBC or TBS or whatever it is, or just playing something that I have on my, my network. I want to be able to do that and not have to think much about it. So I'm excited about this one. And then finally, the Siri voice control. Uh, This is an intelligent assistant, they call it. Uh, Siri understands contextual directions, such as asking about the weather or the time in Paris. The software can also read back notifications or calendar appointments. The service will be available only on the iPhone 4S, and that starts next spring. So it's going to take a little while to roll out. They say on the iPhone 4S only. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get this to, say, the uh, the iPad 2, because maybe that does or doesn't have the, the specs that are needed for it. But uh, either way, that's kind of a, a neat thing. Go watch those videos if you haven't seen that thing in action. 199 for the 16 gig model, 299 for 32 gigs, and 399 for 64. All those with a two year contract, and you can get it in either black or white. Apple will also continue selling the iPhone 3GS 8 gigabyte. That's going to now be free on contract. So we've now got a second uh, or another price point now at free. And then the iPhone 4 will be dropping down to 8 gigs in size, and that will only be $100. So we were really close last week when we talked about our speculation with this, Joey. We have a free phone, a $100 phone. $200, 300 and $400. So you've got now essentially five tiers of iPhone. There's an iPhone for everybody, uh, whether it's a free phone or the highest end model at $400, they're all available. Yeah, they really are on three of the major carriers as well. So it's quite a it is uh, quite a, a jump here because we've got all those price points. And of course, I highly recommend that you do not buy a 3GS at this point in time. Uh, well, buy it or get one free. Uh, spend the hundred or two hundred dollars, which I'd actually recommend the two hundred dollars. Uh, you know, if you factor the price over the course of your contract, I mean that's meaningless. That that number uh, that hundred 
dollars extra on top of the regular iPhone, but it's uh, it's just amazing what we do have. You know, the 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 upgrade is not you know blow you away, but it's uh, something where this the speed I, I can't even imagine what this will be like having the iPad two like speed. I mean, it's so responsive. I mean, it's just instantaneous. It takes that that computerish aspect away from the device altogether because you just you really don't have many delays and i'm sure the games will just uh, really reflect that and that's what one thing you have to think about when you choose which model you want to get is you know the future of the device and and what the applications will take advantage of the new hardware you know throughout the year and that's where you'll you'll kind of be lacking um you know if you go for an iphone 4 at this point uh, but it's it's something that we've got, uh, you know, something where if you have an iPhone 4 right now, you don't really have to upgrade, uh, which is kind of nice because, you know, Apple doesn't change the technology that much to where you feel like you've got to upgrade right away because uh, y- your brand new iPhone 4 that you maybe just got, you don't really have to feel that bad about it. And you mentioned that AT&T, Sprint, and Verizon um, were going to be carrying the 4S. Sprint will also carry the 4. Of course, Verizon also carries the 4. The 3GS will only be available on AT&T. You also have 97 international carriers, including uh, you know those in Canada, Australia, the UK, France, Germany, and Japan that will also get the 4S. So pick, uh, you know, pick your carrier if you're in one of those other countries. Um, it will be available starting on October 14th. Uh, pre-orders went on sale um, or went up on October 7th this past Friday. And uh, they did very, very well. Uh, in fact, it was, did so well. AT&T says that they uh, sold about or pre-ordered had about 200,000 pre-orders happen within the first 12 hours. And then uh, just shortly thereafter, 12 hours later, all of the pre-orders basically sold out. So if you go now to pre-order your iPhone 4S, you're going to have a ship time of about one to two weeks. You're not going to be able to get it on Friday the 14th unless you show up at an Apple retail store and expect long, long lines. That's just how it always goes with this thing. They really, I think, have themselves another hit. Uh, you know, there, again, a lot of negativity about this one because it wasn't that you know huge new redesign that some people thought was going to happen. But guess what? You had more phones pre-sold than any other iPhone that they've ever had. Uh, you've got more carriers than they've ever had. You've got more interest in this, I think, than any other iPhone in the past. And this is absolutely a success. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and it will be. I mean, it'll sell very well this this next year. And it's not the fact that it's just Apple, not the fact that it's just iPhone, but but this gives users what uh, you know what they want, and it'll be a great user experience. Again, you know, people who have an iPhone 4s will tell their friends this iPhone 4s is amazing. And you know the you know tech news and and you know blogs and stuff. You know, they say it's disappointing. It doesn't have this. Doesn't have that. You know, it's just it's just not true. It's not reality. This is something that's uh, you know invented by writers who need something to to write, and it's uh, you know it, it doesn't really represent the reality of the situation. Another interesting thing about this 4S, uh, mentioned it in the specs, is that it's got an improved antenna design. Uh, Apple mentioned that the antenna had been upgraded during the press event, um, but we don't really know to what extent that has been. Uh, Mac Rumors says that uh, they've gone in and uh, talked with Spencer Webb, who's the owner of Antennasis, and he believes that a lot has actually changed. He says, with the iPhone 4, we had one cell antenna on the bottom, and on the top, we had another antenna for the GPS and Wi-Fi. Then Webb says that with the move to the Verizon and CDMA iPhone, they moved moved the GPS and Wi-Fi antennas beneath the back glass and turned the top antenna into a second antenna for the actual cell phone radio. This brings spatial diversity to the iPhone, which means the 
switching between the antennas can happen depending on the situation, i.e. if you're holding the phone at the bottom like a normal person does, you can actually use your phone without a case now. Uh, what wasn't discussed, though, Joey, and I'm interested to see this, and I think we we have our answer, but uh, the One X Advanced SVDO network was not discussed. I had thought that we may have seen this in the next generation of iPhone just to take advantage of that simultaneous voice and data scenario uh, that we see on the GSM networks, but it, it doesn't appear that that would have happened. No, the chipset, it's still the Verizon one that we had earlier, in which that does not support the SVDO because it wasn't available at that time. So uh, that makes perfect sense to me because that technology is a little bit too new for Apple again. You know, same reason why we don't have LTE. It's just a little bit too new. It's a little too cutting edge. You know, we need to have the, the, the you know, a little bit more time here. However, it is something that I'm sure we will see uh, next year, and that may be the one we see next year, and LTE may not be till the next year. So uh, we've got uh, features up and coming. Uh, this new antenna, I, I also read that it can do uh, send and receive on different antennas, which can improve the uh, reception by quite a bit as well. So it's uh, going to be uh, basically the end of the antenna gate issue uh, in Mickey. You can now grip the phone as tight as you want without uh, issues. I'm going to actually have to try and use it without a case here and see if it works. I've, I do have some big areas that uh, AT&T can be a problem for me and uh, have absolutely needed uh, to have that case on it. Uh, so otherwise, I wouldn't have any service at all. So I'll be able to test this within about five minutes of getting the phone to see if it works or not. Uh, well, let's say if you drop your iPhone. What happens if it breaks? Well, with the new iPhone came out with a new Apple Care. They're calling it Apple Care Plus. It's $100. You've got to buy it when you buy the iPhone. And when you do, um, you can extend the warranty and technical support coverage of your device by up to two years. But what's more, you get coverage for up to two incidents of accidental damage, meaning if you drop the phone, break the glass, or something else happens to it, you pay 50 bucks and they give you a brand new phone. So a little bit of an insurance policy there for 100 bucks. Granted, you still have to pay the 50 bucks to get it replaced. Also in the specs here that uh, kind of went glossed over, but Joey, you really pointed it out bluetooth 4.0 this is i haven't even really seen much bluetooth 3.0 stuff and now they're talking about bluetooth 4.0 what's this all about yeah we've got uh, ultra low power it's almost like nfc where it's near field communications but it's uh, something where it just takes uh, almost nothing you know the story you'd link to shows you know you can run a, a standard bluetooth 4 device on a little teeny coin cell battery for uh, for years. So it's something that I can see that would be excellent to have for like a watch, you know, where you've got your Bluetooth information uh, on a watch, basically maybe keeping your time up to date on the watch or just even uh, incoming caller ID or text messages or something like that. All these little devices, uh, you know, we could be seeing a, a boon of, you know, little accessories that uh, run off Bluetooth 4.0. And what this means in the short term for those that pick one up is you won't have to turn off your Bluetooth. Just leave it on. It's not going to be using any power if it's not connected to any device. I don't really see there being a big issue with this, do you? Uh, it'll be about the same because it'll have the, all the backward compatibility. So it'll be scanning, you know, it, it'll scan for Bluetooth devices. So that really won't affect it. And, but you know what, really the modern technology, you know, I, I leave Bluetooth, all this stuff on my phone. I leave Wi-Fi on all the time. It, it hardly affects battery life. It, I, I don't even see any difference. So something you really don't have to worry about. One other thing with the, the wireless technologies that I was actually a little disappointed about was while there's 802.11n in the device, it's still 2.4 gigahertz only. I have a feeling this is just due to the antennas on it, but um, I, I was I was quite disappointed. I you know with the iPad 2, uh, actually I think with the original iPad as well, you had that uh, that 802.11n on the 5 gigahertz range, which I run a 5 gigahertz network, and I get fine range. I've got no real issues with it, and they still still don't have it, so I can run my iPhone on that network. 
Yeah, I wouldn't look forward to that anytime soon. That's just a low priority. Uh, well, whatever. Either way, I uh, was was disappointed. I was hoping to see that. But uh, one other thing here, Sprint has confirmed that it will indeed have unlimited data plans. For, for those of you that are going to be choosing Sprint as your carrier, you can get a plan as low as $70 a month, which gives you unlimited data, text messaging, and 450 voice minutes. You'll also have that same five gigabyte mobile hotspot cap uh, that Sprint has recently introduced. So uh, look for that. If you're uh, you know a Sprint customer, you still get unlimited data. Um, there's a, There's been a number of different comparison charts that have been put out there as well. Um, and before we move on here, I wanted to talk about just one here, Mac Rumors. Um, uh, excuse me, who was this that did this? This was Engadget had put one out there that went through uh, each of the different uh, phones that are out there and how they compare to other you know, comparable devices from Android uh, or whatnot. And so I kind of found this interesting because you go through and you can see the price difference of what it's going to mean over the course of a two-year contract. And quite honestly, um, you know, the, the, the iPhone itself is not any more expensive. You can get one for $200. Um, the, the plans are pretty much the same, but it really depends on which carrier you go with depend, and, and how much you're going to be spending on this thing. Yeah, and the feature set that you want here, you know, minimally, you can get by with an iPhone 4S for $660 per year on AT&T. That is the absolute cheapest you can go. Uh, but you can go all the way up to, you know, $2,000 on Verizon, uh, depending on, you know, which phone you want and any of them count for that. Um, so, and then Sprint, the max you go up to is 1300. So if you're somebody that likes, you know, unlimited data and the minutes and everything, you know, Sprint is the cheaper choice to go for if you want to be maxed out. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really interesting this, this chart because you really do have to look at your needs and what you want. And we'll put a link in the show notes for this uh, if you're still trying to debate on whether or not you're going to get a new iPhone or maybe you just want to see you know, how much it's actually going to cost you if you decide to uh, make this jump. Some other device news this week. Sprint on Monday announced the BlackBerry Curve 9350's immediate availability. The phone features BlackBerry 7, a 5 megapixel camera, 512 megs of RAM, and an 800 megahertz processor with NFC and a 2.4 inch 480 by 360 display. The 9350 is $50 with agreement and rebates or 350 commitment free. LG on Tuesday announced the Optimus LTE, an Android 2.3 gingerbread smartphone with a 4.5 inch 1280 by 720 HD LCD display with 4G LTE technology. The Optimus LTE features a dual core 1.5 gigahertz processor, 8 megapixel camera, 1080p HD video and DLNA. The device is scheduled to be sold in Korea later this year and no word if it will make its way to the US. T-Mobile on Thursday announced the LG MyTouch and the MyTouch Q smartphones, both running Android 2.3 Gingerbread with 1 gigahertz processors and 5 megapixel cameras. The MyTouch Q differentiates itself via a 4-row QWERTY slide-out keyboard and a smaller 3.5-inch screen, while the MyTouch has a 3.8-inch screen. Pricing and release details were not announced, though it is expected to be available in time for the holidays. BGR on Thursday revealed what they claim are the specifications for the next Nexus handset. Codenamed the Nexus Prime, the device will be made by Samsung and announced next week, or was going to be announced next week, at CTIA in San Diego. However, uh, Samsung has said that they will no longer be announcing anything next week. The device is said to have Android 4 ice cream sandwich, be 9 millimeters thin, have a 4.65 inch 1280 by 720 pixel Super AMOLED HD display with curved glass. Also, a TIO map 4460 dual core A9 processor will be clocked at 1.2 gigahertz. It'll have 1 gig of RAM, 32 gigs of built-in storage, a 5 megapixel camera on the back with 1.3 megapixel on the front, 1080p video, 
LTE and HSPA support, depending on which carrier you choose to go with, Wi-Fi, AB, GNN, NFC, and a 1750 milliamp hour battery. So, you know, something that's really interesting about this is, the, you know, their teaser picture is a nice, really curved, I mean, a ter- curved glass and a curved body as well. Uh, I actually really, really do like my Nexus S curved front glass. Uh, that it, It's a really contoured, good feeling. This seems to take it to a, another level where it's actually a, a much more curved surface, and I think that'd be uh, even more comfortable. Maybe a little weird in the pocket, though. I'm kind of questioning that. Uh, I watched a video of a quick demo of the ice cream sandwich. It definitely takes the honeycomb and the uh, gingerbread and kind of mashes them together and gives you a whole new OS that will basically be running on all devices going forward, which will be nice because uh, I think uh, we'll, we'll see tablet support for applications really, really jump at that point because uh, right now it's still just kind of mediocre. It's kind of one of these uh, honeycomb is mediocre is what I meant to say, and it's not uh, really gaining a lot of traction, but I think this jump will will move uh, app developers to kind of have a single application for the one OS that's out there running. What do you think about this uh, claim that it's going to be an exclusive to Verizon here in the U.S.? Granted, there will be you know, an HSPA version for international support, but for here, carriers in the U.S., they're talking about just Verizon. Well, I think we'll see that. Uh, you know, we've had T-Mobile uh, get the first Nexus and Sprint. Uh, they have the, the Nexus S4G, and uh, T-Mobile has the Nexus S. I think Verizon's probably due for one, even though they do have a lot of other uh, Android devices. I think this is kind of the way it uh, ended up. I think Sprint probably passed on it, maybe because they just just announced the uh, Nexus S4G. It was only a few months ago that they uh, started selling that thing, really. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, some other versions I know that'll be up and coming either globally or on AT&T at some point in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I feel like they're going to they're going to have to, you know, have some sort of international support because um, they can't just have it on Verizon. And the specs look pretty nice. I, uh, I think I may be looking to pick up one of these, you know, unlocked contract free, um, you know, just to use for a little while. The Nexus line is always a very popular line. It always does very well. And um, so I, I could see this one being, uh, you know, getting a lot of traction, especially with, you know, the hardcore geeks and the Android fans out there. Yeah, I am uh, absolutely thrilled with my decision to go with the Nexus uh, on Sprint here. It, it just, it, it, to me, it, this is the absolute perfect way to go for Android devices. Was just talking to my brother-in-law today, who's got, uh, you know, he's got a Sprint account and he's running a BlackBerry on it right now. And we were talking about what to get next, and I said, you know, just just go find yourself, uh, you know, on eBay uh, a used Nexus S because you're going to be able to, you know, use this one for a while. You're going to get all the the upgrades and everything is going to be great with it. So absolutely, uh, you know, 100% agree with you on that. I think it's it's a great device. The Nexus line, they always do do a nice job with that. And uh, finally, in devices here, uh, the HTC Sensation XL was announced, running Android, similar specs to the HTC titan which is a windows phone 7 device uh it features beats audio 1.5 gigahertz qualcomm processor 16 gigs of internal storage a 4.7 inch display hspa and an 8 megapixel camera available in white the device is launching in europe and asia in november well the cell phone junkie iphone and ipod touch application brings you the latest episodes of the podcast along with bonus material for the true cell phone junkie this app integrates the best the show has to offer in a simple and effective package 
Challenge. In addition to the shows, you will also have special special features, uh, such as the ability to load the PDF documents of the show notes, uh, listen to uh, the shows directly from the device, or cache them on the device to listen to them when you're offline. Also, email the show and call in the show directly from the application. If you're looking to experience everything the cell phone junkie has to offer, this application is for you. Well, Microsoft this week launched a Hotmail application on Google's Android platform, offering push email, calendar and contact sync, folder and subfolder support, send and receive images, send and receive attachments, and support for multiple Hotmail accounts. The application is free and compatible with Android devices, running 2.1 through Android 2.3.3. Crackberry this week says they've confirmed that the name of RIM's upcoming Cunix-based OS will be BlackBerry X, or BBX for short. The announcement is expected to come later this month at BlackBerry DevCon. Verizon on Wednesday announced the rollout of Android 2.3 Gingerbread to the Casio G's One Commando. The update will be distributed over the air in the next few weeks. And Google Docs for Android tablets was updated this week, bringing a more optimized experience for Honeycomb devices. Changes include a new three-panel interface for improved browsing, improved sharing experience with autocomplete, landscape and portrait mode, and improved video playback. On to the questions and comments. The first one comes to us from Gene. He says, I came across an article about Verizon's new home monitoring and control service, and I've also seen AT&T's TV advertisement when the mom is talking to her son while he's doing his homework and she turns on the light in the kitchen. What electronics do these types of services control? Have you guys, have either of you guys used any of these types of services? And if so, which company did you use and what were your impressions? Keep up the excellent work on both the website and the shows. The Cell Phone Junkie is the most complete and thorough expert about cell phones on the internet. There is, period. Well, these devices, um, they usually use a wireless style um, uh, interface. And what you do is you have a basically a central unit that connects up. It's, it's IP based, so it uses an internet connection. Um, it probably responds to a server where you can do these things remotely now. And what it does is basically radio controls everything from you know switches, outlets, little wireless devices you can plug into, regular outlets. Uh, you've got outdoor wiring. You've got thermostats. You've got all these other accessories that you'd have to buy each one individually. Um, and depending on you know how integrated you want to go. It determines how much you know you'll spend and how you know what kind of things you can control. If you replace the the light switch for your you know the standard light switch in your room, uh, they've got ones that are dimmer switches, but they're radio controlled. So basically, you can turn the lights on and off in this room uh, without having any sort of external devices or, or anything that looks out of place. And these things run you know fifty bucks a piece thereabout. Um, you can also do outlets that are controlled as well. So if you have a lamp plugged into one, you replace the actual receptacle you know, behind your outlet, and then you can control that particular outlet. Each one of these devices will be addressable um, through the wireless system. So you could have hundreds of these things throughout your, your home to control these you know, thermostats the same way. You can connect up and say, you know, turn the temperature up, down, et cetera. You can have one connected to your garage door to see whether or not it's open or closed, which uh, I find that a great uh, feature. And, uh, you know, it really does depend. And most, most of these are around the same sort of feature set. This home automation isn't something that's uh, that new, but it's just uh, coming down in price and it's becoming more and more powerful with this IP-based stuff that we've, we've been seeing recently. Um, you know, in the past, they would actually hardwire uh, all these things automated down to a central spot in your house where you, you'd have 
hundreds of Romexes going to a central control panel. And to me, that's, uh, you know, that's obviously very uh, dedicated and ex- extra expense with all that wiring. But in that case, you're not dealing with wireless devices that are doing the control. But, you know, it's it's really kind of uh, arbitrary. You know, for my day job, I actually run uh, systems that are very similar to that, uh, you know, whether it's it's HVAC or, or lighting control systems and stuff like that. And they're all Internet based and, and they all run through a central server and, and it's you know accessible from anywhere that you've got an Internet connection and very convenient. But again, yes, you've got a, a very, um, I'll just say, significant infrastructure investment when it comes to all of the wiring and the fiber and everything that, that goes into that. And then of course the central software is not cheap either. And you got to keep it updated and everything like that. Um, I've never done any of it on the home side, just on the commercial side. And uh, you know, it is, it is kind of neat. Um, I, I think some of it's got, you know, a, a bigger place in our lives than others. Um, the idea of being able to turn on lights is a little bit more novel. I think, uh, especially the way that AT&T shows it is, is kind of novel. Yes. It would be nice if you're going to be home late from work or something like that. Maybe you want to flip on, the lights in your house. So it looks like your home. I understand that. But, um, you know, the idea of, of keeping a, uh, a tabs on if your garage door is open or closed or, or maybe, you know, checking on your home alarm system or stuff like that. Yeah, that kind of stuff makes sense. Um, but I, I've never really got into it. And I, you did actually, Gene, include a very interesting story here on Verizon's home monitoring service. I'm going to put that in the show notes here because I think everyone will, will uh, get something out of reading it. Yeah, and if you're interesting, uh, interested about it, uh, go to Google and type Z-Wave and, uh, and go to the shopping link and you'll see uh, basically the devices uh, right off the bat, what you can do. You know, they show light switches, the things and what prices they, you know, what, what they cost to do that. And that's what the Verizon system uses. All of this stuff is, of course, you know, very, very kind of cool and very techy and very neat. Um, you know, check out uh, some of the different options, though. Joey's got a got a good one there as well. So, uh, but again, Gene, thank you very much for your comments as well. We appreciate um, your support of the show and for listening and uh, for those very nice comments. Thank you very much. Next one is a question from Adrian. He says, "Guys, love the show. Keep up the good work." I was wondering if the iPhone 4S chipset supports Verizon's One X Advanced Network for simultaneous voice and data. This would be a big selling point for me, and I'm hoping that it has that capability. Thanks, guys, Adrian. Well, as we talked about earlier, I don't think it does. It, it, I, the chipset that the Verizon iPhone uh, 4S has now is the same as the Verizon 4 uh, iPhone, and it's not a chip that chipset that supports it because it is a slightly older chipset. Uh, also, on uh, you know, for simultaneous voice and data, basically you're limited to doing uh, Wi-Fi. So if you are in a Wi-Fi area, you actually will get simultaneous voice and data. Unfortunately, that is uh, what sounds like is going to happen here, and uh, we'll have to wait. For the next one, or as Joey says, maybe even the one after that. Next is a question from Dominic. He says, guys, I went to the AT&T store with my coworker because he's now looking to switch to an Android device because of his disappointment in the iPhone announcement. When we were there, we saw the Galaxy S2, that my, and my, he is very interested in that. The AT&T worker said that they, he has been getting 4G data speeds. Intrigued, I said, is that HSPA Plus? And he said, yes. We're in Oklahoma City, so I know we don't have LTE here yet. So I'm confused. My question is, if HSPA Plus is 4G, then when LTE rolls out, what are they going to call that? 4G Plus? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. I've learned so much from your guys. Thank you very much. Uh, well, first off, thanks, Dominic. And uh, yeah, this is kind of an interesting thing. What we know is uh, earlier this year, AT&T announced that they would be starting to call their HSPA Plus network 4G. We also know they're rolling out, they've already rolled out in five cities, an LTE network that they're also calling 4G. So what they're saying is they're basically taking 
all of the networks that fall into a certain speed range, which appears to be anything really above probably, what, 10 megabits per second, uh, you know, real world speeds above 10 megabits per second. And they're calling that 4G. So it's not going to be a 4G plus. It's just going to be called 4G. But, you know, kind of annoying on a on a kind of an aside, similar type of story. There's uh, some information or rumors, I guess we'll call it this week, that AT&T has been working with Apple uh, to change the display on the iPhone 4S to actually read 4G. Uh, we know it does have that 14.4 megabit per second radio in it. Um, and I think it's kind of cheating for them to throw in 4G, but it doesn't really matter. No, um, I would actually be happier if they just had like an H with a plus next to it or something like that. Just kind of like what the Verizon phones do. Yeah, it's it's still again, it's kind of arbitrary. If it's 3G, 4G, whatever, you'll get whatever speed you can get is basically how you can describe it. And yeah, I would imagine at some point AT&T will probably adjust the branding for LTE, you know, but right now 4G is what they're calling it. And I said, that's what you see on Verizon phones. I met on Android phones. You see that H plus on Android phones. Anyway, next one. Here's a question from David. He said, I have a crazy thought. I have an iPad 2 with an unlimited data plan on AT&T, and I had the unlimited plan with my iPad 1, so I just kept it going for 30 bucks a month. So what would happen if I got an unlocked iPhone 4S stuck in the micro SIM for my iPad 2? I assume I would have unlimited data but no voice. I would also imagine that I could just use Skype to make my calls as it has an unlimited data plan. I'm currently on Sprint and just today ordered the iPhone 4 on Sprint as an upgrade, mainly because I think Sprint service is okay in my area and it's still much cheaper than Verizon. But paying $30 a month on AT&T for unlimited data is better than the $80 or $90 I'm stuck paying on Sprint with my new contract. So why does Apple refuse to include or also, why does Apple refuse to include the antenna for the right 3G coverage for T-Mobile uh, now that they're the only carrier without iPhones here in the U.S., David? Well, first off, David, uh, regarding the iPad SIM in the iPhone, um, obviously, they're both micro SIMs. So once inserted, your phone um, will not immediately run on the 3G network, though you can get this to work with a little bit of work on your part. You'll need to set a custom APN. I'm going to put a link in the show notes on how to do this, where it talks about going through and setting that custom APN. Um, so just go in there and uh, look for your name or actually look for a question from David and there'll be a hyperlink on there. Click on that and you'll see what you have to do to change the uh, APN and make that work. So it is possible. Um, I do know going the other way is uh, does not work, uh, or at least it, it uh, you'll get an alert from AT&T if you try and take your iPhone SIM and pop it in your iPad. Um, you'll get an alert from AT&T saying you don't have the right data plan on this and they'll make you change or try and make you change it anyway. Um, so uh, but good luck playing with that. Try that out if that's something you, you want to do. Unfortunately, though, your um, iPhone 4S on Sprint, I do not believe is going to uh, be able to work uh, with your AT&T SIM. I, I don't think it's going to. Um, but give it a shot. Maybe it will. I'm not sure. What do you yeah, think? It's, it's possible that it could because I don't think they're restricting the bands or anything on the, the iPhone 4S. I think it's kind of a, an all-around uh, same iPhone for for everybody so uh that is going to be one of those little little end cases here that we have to kind of wait and see when people finally get these things in their hands what's actually possible here's the thing i do know the devices that will be sold for sprint and verizon have the uh, the esn or what are the meid numbers directly that are specifically for their network so you can't I do not believe, unless you've got someone who works in, at one of those carriers and can help you out, buy an iPhone 4 on AT&T and then take it and activate it on Verizon. No, no, you can't do that. You, you'll need to buy uh, a Verizon-specific iPhone to, 
to activate it on Verizon, you'll need a, to buy a Sprint-specific iPhone to uh, enable it on Sprint. It, it won't go the other way. Uh, however, you know, Sprint always does their world phones with an unlocked SIM card slot. So right there, you know, I don't exactly know what they're going to do because normally uh, the world phones that are sold by Sprint and Verizon don't have U.S. bands at all in them. Uh, but this case, I'm not sure. We have to really see what uh, what they support. I have a request or something that someone can try for us because I know there's at least you know a few dozen or hundred or a few thousand of you that are purchasing the uh, the iPhone four this week. If you get the Sprint or Verizon one and you happen to find yourselves with an AT and T micro SIM, take it and put it in and let us know what happens. Does the phone stay on Sprint or Verizon? Does the phone ask you what it wants you to do? Can you go into the settings and make a choice to, in the network settings to go to GSM only? What are your options? What can you do? This is not something we've seen yet with this world iPhone. So um, unfortunately, I'm getting an AT&T one, so I can't try it out. But if you do, please do so. Send us an email, questions at thecellphonejunkie.com and let us know what happened. So anyway, thank you very much, uh, everybody who wrote us in this week. Again, that email address if you have a question for us questions at the cellphonejunkie.com or give us a call 206-203-3734 to leave your voicemail we'll get that on the show as well if you'd like to follow all of the news that we talk about on this show you can do so um, every day we post all this news over at the cellphonejunkie.com you can also follow us on facebook facebook.com slash the cellphonejunkie or on twitter at twitter.com slash cellphonejunkie joey thank you very much as always for your time we'll talk to you later thanks for listening For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.